This story has been recorded at an Addictive Eaters Anonymous meeting in New Zealand. You can email us at contact at aeanz.org. This is the first Friday of the month and so we have the, um, we have a speaker and tonight it's Louise. <laughs> yeah, Kate. Oh, thank you, everyone. I'm Louise. I'm the dictator. Hello, Louise. Hmm. Oh, well. To start at the start, I suppose. Um, yes, well, um, I suppose... Mm, I was always aware, I guess, of a lack in my life. It's the first sort of thing that I was aware of you know, I remember at Christmas time, you know, going up to the neighbours and, you know, they had better Christmas presents than us and, you know, they had better bikes than us and I had short hair. My mum always made me have short hair and it wasn't fair. Every other girl had long hair and I didn't have long hair like a princess, so it wasn't fair, poor me. And so this, you know, this was, you know... The, this is kind of the ground of me, was just this feeling of, you know, it's not fair and I haven't got and other people have got and poor me. And so, you know, I suppose the food, you know, was another thing that kind of stood out, I guess. There was the, the shyness. I was very shy at school. It was called shy then, but now I just see it as that extreme self-centeredness. Um, but you know, very shy, couldn't speak to people. If someone spoke to me, it was sort of, I was overwhelmed with kind of, oh my God, what will I say? And it, it was all too much and I didn't know what to say and frozen with fear and completely, you know, over the top, over the top. Um, and yeah, the food, you know, the food, the, the, um, going through the cupboards, eating the dried spaghetti noodles, mixing up um, little kind of icing, little batches of icing, um, making fudge, making toffee, coconut ice, mum's baking, um, you know, the Christmas kind of rumbles, the, the chocolate crackles, you know, just in the fridge, at them, at them, at them, couldn't leave food alone. So, and not only the food, there was, um, Disprin, mum was a headachey person and we had a lot of disprin and I thought disprin tasted fantastic so I was always guzzling disprin and the Andrews health salts, <laughs> a good burp was always quite satisfying. <laughs> anything, you know, anything, anything, always looking for something, always wanting something and, and always at the food. And my parents had a fish and chip shop that delivered to the school and that just seemed like paradise. And I used to say things like, oh, I wish I could have a sandwich. I'm so sick of fish and a scoop of chips. But actually, I was thrilled that I was just living on fish and chips. It was fantastic. Um, and stealing money from my granddad, going around to his place. He had a set of drawers in the bedroom. $2 notes, there was a stash of $2 notes, so I'd be giving the $2 notes out. I'd be down the dairy and I'd be buying sweets, and then I'd think, oh, maybe I should buy a 
a can of spaghetti and put it in his letterbox or something because I'd feel a bit sort of guilty, but not not that guilty. I never actually did manage that. But <laughs> because, you know, always this sense of, um, you know, it wasn't fair, I should have more. And, and so, it, you know, I was able to justify that, that theft. Um, you know, it just it seemed okay. It seemed okay. So... Um, I guess my eating didn't really change a lot perhaps until I left home um, and very early on I left home at 16 or 17 um, and had moved in with a partner and, and moved away um, from where I was living at the time to Wellington with this partner. Very young and, and had my first job um, at a bank as a bank teller and um, I thought I was the bee's knees. Um, walking down Langton Quay in my sort of hobble skirt and you know I was really into the clothes and the fashion and how I looked um, but of course because I wasn't at home anymore and didn't have any kind of um, anyone monitoring my food I was just able to eat what I wanted when I wanted um, and I really super got into baking and I was just baking and baking and baking and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and I couldn't understand it because I, I hated it you know I hated it I hated myself so I'd go to bed at night and I'd look at my great big fat thighs and I'd slap my fat thighs and I'd been brought up in Catholic so I still had this kind of thing, um, God, you know, Jesus, I, I, you know, I don't want to eat anything, any cake or biscuits tomorrow, it's going to be fruit, water, salad sandwiches, you know, I, I can't have, you know, this fat on me, I can't bear it, I can't stand it. Um, crying and you know and then I'd throw in you know I'm such a sinner I'm such a bad person and it was all that self-hatred and it was pretty hideous and then I'd wake up in the morning and that crying person was gone and I just wanted to eat again so yeah it was very um, baffling I guess so I started I guess going on my um, geographicals because it seemed like well maybe if I went overseas and lived somewhere else, things would be different and I would be different and because I was still, you know, had that horrible, shy, self-centeredness, incredible reserve, um, couldn't communicate with people, I still had that. And I kept thinking, well, if I go somewhere else and the people don't know me, I can pretend to be someone else and I can have friends and I can, you know, be popular and I can you know, be slim and my life can be really amazing and so, you know, off I went to Australia um, for a couple of years and then off to London and, you know, of course nothing changed. For the first, you know, few days perhaps I could pretend to be somebody else and I could, you know, the fascination with the food would sort of settle a bit but just, it would be back pretty quickly and I'd be just back in the old patterns the eating and, and the despair. And my friend, when I was a teenager, had sort of taught me how to vomit. And so I started employing vomiting as a way to control the weight because I just really had so much self-loathing around the weight. I, I just couldn't bear it. Um, so, yeah, when I was overseas, I got quite a lot into the um, binging and the vomiting. Um, and then when I was in London, I met a man who was um, a sort of a spiritual guy following a particular spiritual practice, 
Plus he was, um, and still is amazingly enough, really super into health food and he was all about raw food and um, supplements and um, fasting um, and I thought wow hallelujah this is it I've been eating all wrong bad for my body type you know completely unenlightened but now this guy is going to show me and, and I'm going to come right with the food and so I did all the fasting and the you know the enemas and um, yeah lots and lots of health food I only shopped at the health food shop um, lots of you know raw fish and I'd sort of make cakes out of kind of carrot and tahini all kind of munched together but then when the health food boyfriend was at work I'd be like oh no you know I've got to I've got to get something so I'd be down the supermarket getting a binge Back home, we didn't have a TV because we were, um, you know, too spiritual for the TV. So I'd have my newspaper, and I'd have the newspaper here on my right, the binge on my left, and I'd be eating and reading, eating and reading, eating and reading, and just slowly feeling sicker and sicker and worse and worse. Although I'd been so excited about the binge, I'd been so thrilled, I'd been lit up when I was buying the binge. Oh yes, six lemon tarts and you know ooh, couldn't wait mm -hmm. but of course once it was going in it just I felt just hideous and and so the eating got slower and the and the reading and, and then I'd get to the point where oh it was just terrible into the toilet vomiting looking in the mirror my eyes would be running they'd be red and bulging I'd look like a monster and be like oh my god I've done it again I am never doing that again. That is hideous. That is horrible. And, you know, the food, any leftovers, you know, in the bin or whatever, and honestly, it would be a, maybe a, a few hours later, I'd be like, oh, that bit of, you know, whatever that I didn't eat, you know, I'm trying to get it back out of the bin. And, yeah, so, yeah, nothing, nothing. No matter how much I resolved to stop, I just could not stop. And of course there was a huge emotional price to be paid, all that secret, because it was all a secret, all that secret binging, the vomiting, the, you know, buying the binges, this whole secret life. Um, and then yet pretending, pretending to be a partner and a worker and, you know, a Kiwi woman having a great OE, oh woohoo, this is the time of my life, you know, trying to be all that and yet this horrible, horrible secret thing going on, so I just felt, you know, terrible, just terrible. So, I came back to New Zealand, um, got quite heavily into drugs and alcohol, just the situation where I was living, um, there just seemed to be more sort of drugs around, um, freely available, so the food sort of went kind of on the back burner a little bit, well, kind of the drugs and alcohol were quite big in my life. Um, but then I, I moved here and um, got pregnant with my child and so that was the end of drugs and alcohol and so the food really super took off then. And uh, after I had my child, um, gosh, the eating just got worse and worse and I was just at those eat as much as you can kind of restaurants stuffing my face and just feeling like I was going to have a heart attack when I came out and more and more miserable with the food. There wasn't even that excitement it was almost like 
I was just resigned to, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to do it. And it was just becoming, I don't know, harder and harder. And the isolation from others and the feeling of loneliness and, and having not grown up um, also sort of had kind of got increasingly worse. And I'd spent a lot of time in therapy. I decided that it was perhaps all mum's fault because my life was so miserable because mum hadn't loved me enough and she hadn't hugged me enough and dad hadn't, you know, called me his special princess and so I didn't have all those kind of key things that if I'd have had them I'd have been this incredible, amazing and wonderful and fulfilled and happy person and so I spent a lot of time and energy pursuing that anger with mum and that blame of her and many times writing the letter to mum about what she'd done to me but thank god I never posted it. Um, so it was always everybody else's fault, you know, the, the fact that my life had become this little miserable thing was, was absolutely nothing to do with me and everything to do with everyone else. So um, I saw the um, 15 questions pamphlet in the library and um, I had sort of given up on therapy because I decided that, um, you know, that hadn't really helped me. I'd also had this sort of spiritual hunger as well and this feeling of um, yearning. That was the word I had, yearning. I was always yearning to find it, whatever it was. And of course that took me down lots of spiritual paths as well. And I thought I had found it, you know, I, I found something that... Uh, really resonated with me, um, you know, uh, God, you know, an understanding of God that completely, I completely got, and, and to me was absolutely right, even that hadn't helped, and so, um, yeah, I had sort of given up on God being able to work in my life, and I had given up on therapy, um, I'd given up on growing up growing out of it, becoming more mature, becoming likeable, becoming someone that, you know, was going to be able to be a normal person. I, I sort of had given up and I had accepted the fact that I was just hopeless and inadequate and, you know, oh well, you know, it was almost a relief to sort of admit it, you know, that, that's it. I, I sort of, I gave up, I gave up. And so, yeah, found that 15-question pamphlet. And I thought, oh, yes, I've still got that food thing, you know. I suppose I could do a bit more therapy. Didn't really want to, but, uh, yeah, all right. I'll, I'll sort of go along. And I rang um, Fran, actually. Um, and, you know, did I want a couple of people to come and talk to me? No way, Jose. Was I having anyone coming around to my house? I was coming here under my own steam because I wanted to be able to, um, you know, drop it like a hot potato if I wanted to. So I came and I thought, yes, I'll tell them about mum and how she hadn't loved me enough and I'll cry and you'll all feel sorry for me. And of course it was, you know, it was this group and it was, you know, people talking about recovery from a disease, the disease of addiction and that they, you know, addicts with a solution and so I was unprepared for that um, yeah it was really different it was really different
and I'd always been attracted to sort of, um, I don't know, sort of Hare Krishna type things, you know, like a good orange robe and a tambourine, you know, and it was all very ordinary. And um, there was no singing or clapping or chanting. Um, there were just people talking quietly about how they weren't eating the way they had been eating and they didn't have that obsession with the food and how their lives had become so much more free and joyful and useful. And so, and then when they talked about what they had been like, it was like, yeah, well, that, that is like what I am like. So even though I didn't fully understand it and I didn't really grasp it, I think quite quickly there was hope. There was hope because I knew that there was nothing else to help me. I knew I'd tried everything and I knew that um, there was no no other sort of pathway for me. So, you know, to have this hope and then to see the steps on the wall and to see God as part of the program also was like, oh, great. You know, the idea of God back in my life was really exciting. But then I sort of read the steps and I sort of thought, oh, I've done all that in therapy anyway, so I've sort of done it all. Um, but, you know, oh, you know, keeping coming back and keeping listening, it soon became obvious to me I had to find myself a sponsor. And, uh, and I did. And, you know, I was ready. I was ready. I do believe that when I came in, that step one, that being powerless over food, my life is unmanageable by me, I do believe that I had come to that point where I absolutely, absolutely knew that is a fact. I couldn't have verbalised that, but it was true, it was true. And so I was ready to, you know, ask for that help and to be given direction. Although, you know, by the grace of God, that obsession with the food, um, that quietened down reasonably quickly. Um, the thing I struggled with the most early on in, in being a here was um, taking direction from sponsor um, because I still was very, very willful and still, you know, very much wanted to live my own life in areas other than the food. I was happy to surrender the food, but other things in my life I still very much wanted to be in control of, and so it was very hard to start giving up my old ideas about life and how to do life. That was very hard and very painful and my sponsor was incredibly patient and gave me so much time and, you know, talked to me so much, it, you know, took me through the steps, talked to me a lot about just what we're like, just what we're like, what our thinking is like, what we're like as people and, you know, and I wanted to argue against that. Oh, I don't think I'm quite like that, and I don't think I'm quite like this. But you know, the more she talked, the more, and the more I came, and the more I listened, and the more I heard everyone else's stories, the more it was an inescapable fact that I absolutely am an addict. And so all of that stuff about Mum's fault, um, and that it wasn't fair, and I didn't have enough, and you know, that all had, that was all just addiction. It was all addiction and what a relief what a relief 
So all of that yearning and looking and searching and what's my life about and why was I born and why am I here and all of that, um, you know, that completely was able to finish, you know, and I did my um, step four and five and, you know, I was able to stop blaming my mother for my life and, you know, all this space was sort of freed up in my head to be able to, you know, think more about working the program on my life, you know, and I just kept coming back and coming back and hearing how to do life, how to live life. And, you know, talking to my sponsor, you know, that was really, really incredibly fantastic to have a sponsor, but it was also so fantastic to hear everyone just talking about their little stories, you know, Tina talking about putting money in a parking meter and people talking about taking the shopping trolley back and, you know, just these little practical ways that they were, you know, working the steps and becoming people who were giving rather than getting. Um, so, you know, my life and my thinking was able to slowly, slowly transform. And I always love Janelle's analogy about getting well. It's like that ship turning at sea, you know, it's very, very, very slow and takes a long, long time. And it does feel to me that it's taken a lot of years for me to um, <coughs> understand. I mean, I could understand the big book when I came, you know, right away I could understand what the words meant, but I, I didn't get it, I didn't get it, it's taken me a long time to get this simple spiritual life of cleaning house, is it love God, clean house, help others, whatever, whatever order that's in, um, that it's just actually really simple and it's just something that I it's just a way of life. It's, it's not something I'm trying to add into my life or something that I'm tacking on to my life. It just is my life. It just is my life. So, you know, the freedom from the food has enabled me to have that amazing freedom to live this simple spiritual life, to think of others, to be useful where I can be useful, to be loving, kind, tolerant, you know, all those things that I couldn't be in the food to have a higher power in my life and to have a genuine desire to live as God would have me live. And um, yeah, so it's, it's a miracle, it's a miracle. Um, it's, a, it's a joy to be part of something that is so simple and yet so profound and, and beautiful. So thank you, Kate. Thanks, Lord. Thank you.